In the interest of avoiding being consistently terrible, we asked members of our listening audience for feedback to our first episode. Here's what they had to say. Seeing as they only pay attention to things that no one else cares about, this show really spoke to the small rodent inside my spleen. I give it four oily rags out of seven. Hey, I thought I was a right load of old guff, mate. This right pair of waddies really get on my wick. I'm Danny Dyer. Then he's get out of my pub. Yeah, I thought it was like well sick, bruv. I only heard the first three minutes because of my short attention span, but I reckon it has the potential for best rap album of 2018. You get me? The very idea of this Proton Radio is puzzling and infuriating to me. As a proprietor of the arts, I expect to be visually assaulted at all times in order for me to take it seriously. For example, I may describe a diarrhea attack when you can show it in all that sloppy glory. What we can glean from our clearly very intelligent and surprisingly star-studded listener base is that people seem to be vaguely enthusiastic for more of the same, really. With that in mind, strap in for, well, more of the same. I thought I made that clear the first time around. I can just roll the bloody intro tape around, Jesus. Welcome to another instalment of The Plop Chat. Chat. I'm Reg, your ageing reprobate. And I'm Retis, 2014 winner of the Soggy Mushroom Smackdown. Oh, I remember that year, a lot of people mm. died. Yeah. Anyway, this week we'll be testing your collective patience by rattling on about what we like to do in our spare time, basically. Other than creating quality, quality Yes, content. with no technical kitchens <laughs> at all. It all runs perfectly, trust oh, me. No, it's absolutely Believe fine. Believe me. I'm yeah. sure that if I go over here, it will be fine. Yeah, yeah everything's going fine, don't worry about everything's it. Everything's going it's absolutely all, smoothly. It's all good. It's just... yes. And we're still recording, so that's... Good. That, that's spiffing and marvellous. It is indeed. And it's, it's just right. great. <laughs> anyway, before we begin, do you have any things you'd like to say? Any announcements for the start of this year? Cause we're uh, yes, although my thing, I'd already... Well, yeah, I've bought and moved into a new house, although I think I announced that during the first episode. But I've not burnt it down, so that's good. I'm still living in there, and it's not burnt down. It doesn't smell too bad either. It doesn't I'm smell too bad. It smells of paint more than BO at the moment. A bit like cat poo, but that can't be helped, you know. So, well, yes, it's everywhere. God, I can see of cat poo all the time. <laughs> yeah, the twist is you don't even own any cats, it's just it yeah. just smells like cat shit all the time. It just comes out of the ceiling, the ceiling opens up and cat poo comes out. Well, incidentally, um, with ceilings and stuff, uh, Ross, do you want to describe what you see directly above you? Right, I can see what used to be a light, now it's just a, a bare wire. Good job, um, and a stain in the shape of a French baguette. That stain is trying to honour my part Frenchness, and I appreciate it. Is indeed, it. and this is like the electricity of our performance is, is coming down through the ceiling. I just realised I've still got the door wide open. Our boiler doesn't make a bad noise anymore, and the oh, reason good. why I mentioned, got you to mention the ceiling is because there's a huge leak in the ceiling, and, and oh, yeah. it was depressing, but then a man came and fixed it, even if he was a condescending wanker about it. Well, anyway, yeah, a little bit. Um, oh, I think we're about ready to begin now. This is just the guff preamble. So this week we have tried to make a plan, seeing as last time I completely failed at that, to be honest. So... Okay, losing his notes, for God's sake. (laughs) Well, we've we've got quote-unquote notes. Imagine me doing air quotes right now. Notes. I've kind of split this into, like, four segments, if you like. Films, music, gaming, and other. (laughs) Stuff that you do in your spare time that isn't this. Yeah, isn't this. We do other things apart from this. Okay. Now, Mm. we'll start off with film. Now, you like films, right? Sure, they're right, I guess. Oh, fucking hell. It's good to watch things that aren't really happening, I guess. Fiction. Yeah. Fiction's good. (laughs) What's one of your first films that you saw that you were like... Yeah, I I was actually prepared for this. Yeah. Uh, when I was a, a little shit, as opposed to now being a big shit, when I was a little shit, say, I don't know, seven or eight or three, I don't fucking know, um, I was a dinosaur-obsessed little twerp. So, of course, when Jurassic Park came out in 93, 94, I was all over that shit. So that's definitely my favourite film as a kid. And, you know, possibly still now, just for the sake of nostalgia. Mm. Quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, the special effects do hold up pretty well even today, if you ask me, because it's mostly... Animatronics, isn't it? It's like animatronics with CGI to um, what's the word? Augment it rather than being all CGI. If that makes any sense. Yeah, take take note. Recent films. <laughs> yeah, recent films. Who the hell do you think you are? 
and your CGI and your, your budgets. Yeah, I've got a bugbear about that. And your Matt Damon. <laughs> hey, Matt Damon is not entirely CGI. Matt Damon! <laughs> He's not entirely CGI. I had to wait to say, Matt Damon! <laughs> he does look like a melting sort of monument of plasticine at this yeah, point. Yeah, looks like a candle got beaten up in an alleyway. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I, don't, I can see that. Just, but that's what happens with age. You just kind of yeah. sag and bloat <laughs> in equal measure and dribble. You're a more of a dinosaurs guy. Um, I was a dinosaurs guy. Yeah. Some some people find dinosaurs kind of scary, and um, which leads well, me they shouldn't because they're all dead, you idiots. Well, you know, like the spectacle of big dinosaurs, the, the oh, prospect yeah. of them being resurrected by uh, David Attenborough's brother, um, and you know, but it brings me rather haphazardly round to the genre that got me into films, which was horror. horror. Now, my mum is a brilliant parent, but she couldn't keep my eyes on me whilst I had my eyes on the telly at all times, and including the VCR. And she used to record horror films off of uh, the telly, like really cheap, shitty daytime, not daytime movie, but like horror channel type ones. One of the earliest ones I remember is just some one about like a possessed doll, but it wasn't Chucky. I just remember its face looking really like, Overly human, like you know, like Chucky. Try to Google it. And find I have, it like, I've. There are so many low-budget mm. films from the late eighties slash early nineties that are about dolls. Yeah. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> An overwhelming majority is Chucky, and one of them is called Dollmaker, which I've heard of, but I, I think I've seen, but I, that's not. It's not the point. But I didn't know the name, and I still don't know the name of that film. But the first proper film that shit me up again. It was way too young to see this. It was the first Alien film. It was on the telly. Um, and I caught it just as that infamous scene where the little alien bursts out of John Hurt's stomach and everyone screams and everything's terrifying. And they, apparently the actors were genuinely... Yeah, they didn't, didn't know about it. Exactly. So imagine yeah. an eight-year-old boy <laughs> watching it at, at a time of day that he should have been asleep many hours ago. It was at like a, a house party in Ireland. And my aunt was just like, oh, I'll just put the, I'll put the telly on for you, Samuel. Yes, she was very Irish. Despite being part Irish, I have a terrible Irish accent. And uh, yeah, that scene really stuck me to the point. I, I had indigestion the next day and I thought, oh God, has an alien like buried itself in my <laughs> chest the next day. But then I, I, was, I wasn't just terrified. I was thrilled by it. I was intrigued by it. And when I was old enough to sort of like watch those sorts of films, I've just absorbed all horror, like all horror get in me. A lot of it's shit, by the way. A lot of horror films are absolutely yeah. shite. Yeah. But my favourites... Have to be like old school, the f the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I love that film. Nothing. Can, I remember when we watched it around Pete's house, mm. and you had seen the two thousand three remake. I think it was. Oh yeah, I can remember that that particular scene where his victim hides in a truck and Leatherface manages to chainsaw off a truck door. <laughs> that was kind of stupidity. We were seeing in the early two thousands, unfortunately. Yeah. But yeah, the original was more more grounded, but also therefore far more atmospheric and fucking terrifying, and just. Perfect. Oh, it's just like it does. Like critics like to bum it a lot, but like so do I. I, I bum the Texas I'll bum that chainsaw. That's <laughs> what I want. <laughs> exactly. Um, more recently, there's this uh, brilliant film called The Loved Ones, and uh, it's just a sort of like twisted sort of like it has notes of Texas Chainsaw Massacre with the sort of fucked up family that have been doing things to people and and nobody's found out them out for ages. But it mixes that in with like teens sort of like. Uh, like a going to the prom theme it, it doesn't it, the whole is much greater than the sum of its parts it's it's so twisted um ross i don't know if you've seen it actually the loved ones i haven't even heard of it i don't think until just now. right we're watching that we should have watched that before this probably podcast. should it's 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 one of my you'll see why we'll watch it and report back I'll yeah, yeah. Ne next week when we're not even going to be talking about films that's what will happen <laughs> yeah well, and, well planned um, as usual I think we've both seen this kill list. It's got, um, it's actually got one of the guys from Football Factory in it that stars alongside Danny Dyer. Danny Dyer. Hey, he he likes our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, yes, anyway. Yes, he does. Yeah, he fucking. Thank loves you, it. Daniel. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> Daniel. It's really touching to hear from you. Is it? He called us a bunch of wallies. Or Tune in this week. <laughs> Cockney bastard. <laughs> exactly. For more greeting and shouting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, kill list is like one of those really slowly unfolding just nightmares that start off pretty basic sort of guy retired from being a hitman or something goes gets paid a lot of money to do a series of hits and then as it goes through it he realizes and unfolds a much darker side to himself and it just has a batshit crazy ending which i'm not going to spoil but ross you saw it because we watched it we did a double bill of a serbian film and kill list i remember a serbian film because well a baby gets raped and all, all sorts of um 
and it, a guy gets killed by having a dick driven through his skull. So I can remember that. I don't remember Killless for some reason. It's 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 got the same sort of theme, if you remember, mm. without spoiling anything. It's got like the the plot goes in the same way from what happens to the people around him at the end, um, as it were. Anyway, that's that's fucked up. But like. I don't want to get into a huge rant about Hereditary because you really liked Hereditary. Did, yes. Uh, no. Silly at the end, perhaps, but yeah. I think my bugbear is it's not the film, it's the marketing. I It was marketed for weeks and weeks. We go, My girlfriend and I, we go to the cinema almost constantly. Um, and it was just like, during his, it's the next Exorcist. It's going to be the most terrifying thing you've seen uh, since... Well, that's it. You, you watched it when it first came out and there was all that marketing hoo-ha. Mm. I watched it on Christmas Eve, funnily enough. I'd heard of it. I'd heard it's meant to be good, but that was about it. So my expectations were, hey, this might be good. And hey, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's just different expectations, really. I think we both like the film. Though. Well, I, I, did, I liked the film. I just thought it was a bit silly at the end when the... Yeah, yeah. Just just the whole reason behind why the, the people are doing why they're doing it. It's just like, oh, greed. Great. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's no sillier than like trying to bring up the apocalypse to the earth i suppose yeah it wasn't happened. just to get to get gold because the, the king what's his name was sat on a pile of gold in that book so yeah that's pretty much just it. wanted gold <laughs> it's just a bunch of hokum that's <laughs> a bit of a flimsy premise yeah, it really is yeah, yeah. Oh, well. so i do like other genres like comedies like really wacky comedies and whatnot as well but mm. um it took up until uni to, to admit this but i do like films that make me cry it's not often like sad films it's just actually there's a film, everybody, if you want a good cry, watch A Dog's Purpose. If you do not cry at any point during that film, you do not have a soul. Anyway. <laughs> is it literally about dogs? The premise is almost twee, if you like. It's uh, it's about a dog, a dog's soul that moves through the different bodies it inhabits throughout uh, hmm. existence, if you like. And it's voiced by... No, oh, I can't remember his name. He's like Jonah Hill, but he's not. He's the same build. <laughs> so that's the... Oh, God. Uh, he also voiced a character in Frozen, and he was the pudgy one in Beauty and the Beast that loves Gaston. I can't remember his right. name. So it's a sad film, but if a dog soul gets to have many, many lives like throughout time, isn't that kind of a happy thing? It's it's like a, It's got a happy, a happy ending, but the thing is, like... It doesn't hold back on showing the, the the beginning and the end of the dog's life. Oh, okay. This, this is where dog's life it takes. Obviously, it dies, and that's going to be sad, isn't it? It's, it's tragic, yeah. and just like the, the, the I, I was a mess. The, the, the opening scene is not really a spoiler because I think it's in the trailer. But the, this family rescued the dog because it's overheating in the car and it's almost dying. And I was just like, this is ready to save the doggy. <laughs> So you get anything with animal plight in it, and I'm just like emotionally. As you were saying that, and but before you mentioned the dog's purpose, I was thinking of that film Marley and is it Marley and Me with that the big nosed bloke and Jennifer Aniston. Yeah, that was a bit of a gut punch at the end because the the whole film is a bit sort of like. But I think the dogs and sunshine and sunshine and farts and all that. It wasn't it wasn't a great film overall, but it was I respect it for sort of like giving that emotional punch at the end. I think, but Ross, everybody else, check out a dog's purpose if you love dogs. Uh, you will cry very cathartic tears at by. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right. Other than uh, Jurassic Park, what sort of uh, what sort of genres pique your interest then, Retis? Well, yeah, I think we all all as in all two of us like <laughs> dumb action films. Of course, the the Haley of which being the eighties, mm. perhaps early nineties. Arnie, well. yeah. Arnie and Sly and although Bruce Willis was, wasn't a muscle bound big person, he was still one of the main ones, wasn't he? Yeah, I love the fact that you keep, like we said, like he keeps getting progressively like. He gets, more... Yeah, Die Hard he gets more superhuman throughout each one, yeah. and the, the the series generally gets worse with each one. So you know, figure it out. No, What's no. wrong with that series? <laughs> no, yeah. I mean, it gets these are one of the only superhero superheroes, uh, action heroes that gets battered up and looks like shit by the end of the film. Oh, yeah, right? Die Hard one for sure. Mm. I, I seem to remember Die Hard five. He he falls like multiple levels. He's in his mid fifties by this point. He falls multiple levels through. a... Oh, crap, some buildings, some fucking building, lands a swimming pool, and he's basically fine. Uh, oh, yeah, no, but that's... they're harder than most anyway. Yeah. But, um, mm. like, the last Boy Scout, he looks like shit by the end of it as well. Yeah. <laughs> just like, he's just battered to bits. Yeah, like, action films, brilliant. And the Indonesian ones as well, they're sort of hyper violent. One at, one Especially at how they're so, so well shot, mm. like an American. Like, uh, it all goes back to the Born Identity story. Matt Damon! <laughs> where there's like 84 cuts every fucking two seconds and it's like, you can't really see what's going on. They do it for a sense of like disorientation and urgency and all that shit. But when you watch a film, you like to see what's going on, directors. <laughs> and with these Indonesian, Asian, whatever films, they're always, you know, how to phrase it? 
there's not so many close-ups. You can see the two people in the shot at a fairly good distance, and there's not so many cuts. It's just so easy to follow what's going on. You can mm. see... Because they're putting a lot of work, these actors, and it's good that you can actually see and appreciate what they're doing. Mm. Yeah, it says a lot yeah. about the choreography of it as well, because yeah. like, with with those sorts of Paul Greengrass-style films where it's just like, they do that, and then they'll not punch the person, but then they'll cut to an actual hit of like a stunt double yeah. and stuff like that. Like, but it like, seems pointless to me. Like that, that film we watched the other week, the uh, the the night comes for us. Yeah, with, that was insane. I mean, it was fucking stupid. Like, it doesn't make any sense, but it's just big, just two hours of ultra gore violence. But like, just I think the 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 guy that choreograph, choreographed the fight scenes was the same guy that did it for the raid. So you can kind mm. of see that sort of. And it's got the same guy in it. <laughs> Hollywood, hire that man. <laughs> no, it's just fantastic. Mm. I see here in your notes, let's break the fourth wall, you've wrote something about Lord of the Rings, by the looks of it. Yeah, that's an example of... Yeah, I thought we could talk about films that um, are very faithful adaptations of other types of media. Mm. And of course, Lord of the Rings, as we know, is a book series. You, you want uneducated buffoons. Read a book, for goodness sake. But yes, I think they totally nailed... I mean... I read the books before the films, I think, like one or two years before the films came out. And whenever I picture Lord of the Rings, I picture the film. I don't picture my imagination. I picture scenes from the film. So, you know, it just captured it perfectly, didn't it, I think? I think I know what you mean, because like yourself, I, I do... Well, a few years ago, I tried to read the book before mm. seeing the film. If the Actually, the, the existence of a film of a book... Would, actually inspired me to read the book before I saw yeah. the film so that's that's good marketing for publishers I guess but yeah so I had that imagination of what the characters should look like blah 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 I think especially with the Harry Potter films I've only read, read like one or two books but that was post hoc so um, I just imagine like you know the actors in it it does take it away mm. a little bit doesn't it because I like especially with the Game of Thrones actually I like Brienne looks completely different in my head than how she looks um, in yeah, the show. Yeah, like, so there's a Ramsay Bolton. He's yeah. not kind of pudgy, ugly fellow in the books. Yeah. In, the, in the films, he's just mega ripped. Also, kind of ugly guy, but mm. you know, not like hideously ugly or anything. I think they got the hound down pretty well. It's just like I imagine oh, just God, being this yeah. hulking fucking nutcase. Yeah. And his brother as well, Gregor. Gregor. The melon. The melon. <laughs> the mountain <laughs> of melons. That, that's all we have to say. <laughs> the like, mountain. Fans will know. Yeah. <laughs> TV shows, if, whilst we're talking about cinema as well, TV shows, Yes. I mean, they've become as good as films lately, haven't they? But even going way Again, back... back to Game of Thrones, mm. season eight, it's going to have six episodes. Each one is kind of being treated like a film. Mm. The produ productions, that's the word. The, the producers have said. So well, yes. yeah, I think I read somewhere where it might, it might be bullshit, but they treated the whole series as like a 64-hour-long movie. It's in like <laughs> yeah. they, they envisioned that. Yeah, it shows it's just... Fucking epic! That, yeah, <laughs> that that battle scene by the wall in the north—that mm. that's like that's Lord of the Rings quality, really. Mm. Maybe less people on screen, I suppose. But yeah, still fucking impressive stuff. Exactly, yeah. and sort of maybe boiling down to it, what's easy to watch in an evenings or any time is comedy shows. Now, yes. Simpsons seems an obvious go-to, and we won't talk. It about was in the nineties. That was our favorite thing growing up. But you know, it's twenty years later. God, we're old. It's twenty years later, and perhaps the old dog should just be shot. Mm. No I offense. think the mantle has definitely been passed, like yeah. South Park. I mean, even though they're sort of like they faded into sort of not the background, but they just kind of are now, aren't it's they? It's consistently like, there, being funny. Mm. It's, not, it's not really new or shocking anymore, but you know, it's, it's just always it, there. It, it is, is. But uh, yeah. Family Guy still still does it for me. To be Family honest. Guy is an incredibly stupid program, <laughs> and I love it to bits. I really do. Had we more talent and uh, sort of money, I think that we would have ended up making something quite. Quite similar to that, <laughs> just because it's very that scene where Brian is at this kind of protest, looking at his phone. Mm. He takes such a long time. He's like, "Oh, the protesters have gone. Oh, everyone's gone. Oh, the animators have gone." <laughs> and he just, he's just breaking just, the he... fourth wall in incredibly stupid ways. <laughs> uh, scene where, for no reason at all, the Griffin's living room is upside down and they're sat on the ceiling, and Peter and Lois fall to the ground. Like, and they just say, "Oh, that was weird," and they just carry on talking to each other. So I treat it as if like, "Oh, that was a thing that just happened that was a mild inconvenience." Yeah. Yeah, there's bits like that. I like. I think I got a bit annoyed with seasons five to eight, roughly, because they did this thing where they they would drag out a joke for like minutes at a time. Yeah, it the Conway get... Twitty thing. I think. Yeah, that was. Yeah, they... But 
They rely on that bit too much, didn't they? But no, like I saw whatever it was, season 15 or whatever the fuck. Uh, 18 is the most recent one, yeah. But they, they've tightened it back up and it's more quick fire. And it's what mm. I enjoyed about the uh, like the very early pre-cancelled yeah. seasons. What else? Ah, oh, shooting stars. I'm going to get back into that lately because it's all on YouTube. Mm. It's, it's so silly. Uh, it seems to be not many people really talk about it. It's really weird, isn't it? Like yeah. a, a friend of ours was talking about it and he said, it's weird how... They just they just get away with so much like random bollocks, but it's funny. There's there's TV shows that have tried before and since, and they've not hit that mark. But like, it's like was was it on BBC or was it on the the, I think the it channel? Was BBC, I think yeah, it had three runs like mm. in the nineties, the mid two thousands, and then oh nine to twenty twelve. It kept getting cancelled and brought back. It's the BBC of stuffy and don't understand comedy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. BBC Two is bereft of comedy now. It's mm. fucking terrible. I know. I don't. I, I don't watch telly anymore. I just watch Netflix. Yeah, and, my uh, things not even hooked up to an arrow anymore. It's just entirely I, internet stuff. God, if if you if you told someone from the nineties that they would just go like, what would you do? <laughs> yeah. So we stare at the fireplace and make our own fun. So there we go. In that similar vein is Future Armor, of course, and uh, well, it's Red Dwarf, which was uh, our. We realised we liked the same thing when we watched Red Dwarf and we laughed at the same bits, as I think I mentioned last time, yeah. <laughs> like, definitely. So that has a lot of sentimental ground. Bits. Sir, has anyone ever told you that you were a disgusting, pus-filled bubo? <laughs> One of my favourite insults ever. When <laughs> you re-round that about three times and watched it, and it was just dying like on the floor. Like, Remember uh, at the flat we watched that, and I was laughing so hard I had to spit out of the balcony window because my mouth was just <laughs> so full of saliva from laughing. It was just like so bad. <laughs> yeah, no, just those first eight seasons, brilliant. And then I've really liked the later ones as well. Like, Yeah, they are really, considering they brought it back after, well, at least 13 years absence. Yeah, I'm What's quite impressed with seasons 10 and 12. 10 like, to 12, sorry. Like, some people comment, like, does uh, Craig Charles ever age? He doesn't look like he's aged much at all. I mean, like, Chris Barry's basically bald now. He has to wear a wig. But uh, yeah. Robert the Llewellyn... Oh, he's quite well disguised, isn't he? Yeah, he's quite well. And the, the cat, I guess... Because oh, of his, you know, he doesn't age too badly because... Black don't crack. Oh, it's very sensitive, but oh, fine, okay. Hey, it's hey. Do you know how many people have told me that? Like, we we're in a bar once, and and this guy was trying to chat up my girlfriend at the time, and it, she was like, "Aren't you like fifty eight or something?" He's like, "Yeah, black don't crack," and then just walked off. And I was like, <laughs> that, "That's your exit punchline." <laughs> what what a punchline! I suppose it's it's like saying, "What are you gonna do about it?" Yeah, because yeah, once someone says that to you, you can't you can't do anything. The exactly. interaction's over. You just got to walk away. Mm, yeah. it's, as Mac and Charlie found out and it's always sunny oh, yeah. which is uh, another TV show yeah. I fucking adore yeah. and um, the latest season as of recording the latest series has come out on uh, on that Netflix watch it watch yes. it watch it that's some free advertising for you there uh. you're welcome uh, I've finished the series but you have not so we can't actually discuss well, it well we can discuss up to episode 7 okay right yeah <coughs> excuse me now, episode one, I thought was absolutely fucking bang on stupidity. Like, con- like Dennis yes, is like abs- Charlie blowing into the asshole of a Dennis doll to make tuba esque noises. Okay, sorry, typical, Sonny. Spoilers. Yeah, that was We're a bit gonna- of a spoiler. Sorry, okay, this but- whole this whole episode of plop chat is going to be spoiler. Spoilers aware. We should have said that about twenty eight minutes ago, but spoilers aware. Yeah, we should have put that at the start. But you know, if you've got this far and you haven't realised, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, episode episode two was that the Bogs reboot. The gang beats no, Bogs. Uh, no, episode that was... two. Well, episode three with the Bogs one yeah. was probably the weak link, but that was still pretty it funny. It was still pretty funny. Like the, the second time I watched it, I I, I was more awake and I, I thought I appreciate the gross out humour a bit more. But it was just like, it was like the gang recycles their trash, but on a plane. <laughs> they've already kind of done this, sort of they've done a reboot slash thing. And, uh, yeah, and one of the one of the characters even says, "Look, this has been done before, so why are we doing it again?" No, she keeps mentioning it, but so then there's some self awareness for sure. Oh, of course, yes, yeah. of course. Oh, okay. Episode two was the exit room one. Oh, yeah, the escape room. That's it. Yes. <laughs> that was quite yes. funny because yeah. they were just like they're, they're trying to they they think they finally figured it out, and it's just the first clue. Yeah, it's just <laughs> the very first step out of what twenty thirty steps. Mm. <laughs> so good. Um, I think one of my favourites of the series was uh, Dennis gets a new car. Where it, uh, that is just like it, it just showcases 
the very best and worst qualities of every single member of the gang. Like, yeah, especially <laughs> the Reynolds and how kind of arrogant they get. Like, I'm a golden god, you idiot, you savage, you fool! <laughs> I really liked uh, Dee's performance in yeah. that. She just gets so, she goes, like... She goes fucking berserk over a tiny little quip. Yes, that she proper channels her brother in that, like, definitely. She's like, oh, you wouldn't know because you've not been married. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> yeah, so I like the fact that they seem to throw more F-bombs in it now. Which yeah. Is Have you seen the clip show one? Yeah, that was a good one, actually, the clip show. That's the last um, one you've watched, isn't it, the most recent Yeah, one? I think it... That's, or yeah. was it... I like all the gender bathroom one. No, the clip show's afterwards, so it would have been oh, clip show. Okay. It's, it's sort of like... It starts off like a normal clip show, and then... Yeah, just... but not, because they add new bits kind of into the existing clips, which I thought was a neat yeah. spin on the clip show. And just like... They, they just keep get sabotaged by their own egos. And then there's an episode of Seinfeld in there randomly. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good show also. Yeah. <laughs> and so is Copy Enthusiasm. That's yep. very good as well. So th- this is... This is a recommendation for all you millennials out there. Yeah, watch you these fucking sh- young people. Yeah, watch Seinfeld and Curb Your Enthusiasm. I didn't get it when I was younger, but now I do. <laughs> Although we are millennials because it's anyone born after 1982. I refuse to acknowledge that because I'm, I'm wizened beyond my years or embittered beyond my years. And saggy beyond movement. Yeah, well, I'm... Saggy I'm, beyond movement. I, I basically had to be poured into this chair, so that's that's almost definitely the fucking true. wheelbarrow. With a fucking like crane pulley system, it was mm. hurt my back, but we got you there eventually. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And speaking of like uh, <laughs> pain, Black Mirror. Uh, I haven't seen the Bandersnatch one yet because I suck. Oh no! Uh, but like, I'm just talking about it in general. That's okay. another show that we. Uh, it's not all comedy. I mean, there is comedy in Black Mirror, but it's just like those first couple of seasons, and even actually some of them the more recent stuff is just dark as fuck the mm. christmas special i made uh we threw a small gathering at mine which we called cheesemus um we made our guests watch the christmas episode of black mirror and if you've ever seen it you all know it's not a very very happy ending <laughs> to the uh to proceedings so i'm trying to think is that the one when it's two guys like stuck in a house together like mm. forever yeah, and then there's like yeah. it's like an anthology, but it all sort of ties together at the end in the worst possible way. It's just really bleak. I remember when we watched it back at my old flat, but you had just moved out, but you came round, I think, mm. just to visit. And then afterwards, you just turned to me and Sarah went, "Up yours, children!" It <laughs> 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 <That> was so good. <laughs> so you never it's, once you have watched the first lot of the Simpsons episodes, especially if you were younger, it just never leaves you. You always know. Hi, Super Nintendo Charles. <laughs> I'm Idaho. Yes, of course you are. <laughs> yes, we do this for half an hour. That's <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Um, I don't really have a way to link that to the next bit, but I think maybe we should uh, we should put that to bed now, and we should talk about music, perhaps, and uh, how that's influenced us. What can we say about music? Well, it's it's a series of sound vibrations that hit your ears and then make your brain go to jelly in either a good or bad way, depending on what you're listening to. Personally, for myself, I don't really have a taste in music per se until the age of about 14, because before then you're just kind of brought up on cheesy pop shite that's on the radio. Yeah, you it was that age for me as well, I think, and probably everybody, really. Yeah. About once you hit double figures, perhaps 12, 13, 14. Mm. Yeah. Sounds to be fair... Right. Your mum does listen to the good musics anyway. She doesn't listen to cheesy pop shites. So you would have been in a household which had like... Uh, Slack Babbath and so on. And Come to the Salad. <laughs> Whatever that was. I'm not sure who that was. Uh, it's Come to the Sabbath by... Um, oh. It's something witch. I can't remember. They're really old 70s. Like, Guff witch? Yeah. I think my first foray into metal... Was uh, like Limp Biscuit and Linkin Park because my older brother's friends were listening to it, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" I was like, and it was the first time I was like, like with the pop music, it was like, "Oh yeah, this is on in the background." But then when the guitars and the shouting and the sort of weird scratchy samples and stuff, I was like, "This is really cool." I I felt like a a light go on in my head. I was like, "I must explore this avenue more." So I went out and bought System of a Down's second album, Toxicity, <laughs> marketing. Yeah, marketing. Again. Yeah, and the music awoke something in me like it made me feel something i was like this is incredible and since then I, my musical tastes have abstracted from new metal because what even is that anymore and i listen to sort of all, all sorts of things now really um yeah but like metal no matter what genre i've i dip my toes into heavy metal is definitely the cornerstone of it 
And I think the same can be said for, for yourself, perhaps. Yeah, I think the first one I really got into was, I think this is the case for loads of people, is Pantera. I think they were perhaps the very first. Well, then more Metallica. I, I don't know, it was around the same time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they don't like sort of like harsher, more extreme stuff like Slayer, Napalm Death, which we'll talk more about in a little minute because <laughs> you can't really hear what they're saying and at least the funny misunderstandings and so on. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's only ballooned since then in the past how many years? 15. Jesus, no, it's what, 16? 16. <laughs> 17, actually. Oh, Let's not get on to time moving that, quickly because it makes me sad. Exactly. Let's keep on topic. No, I, it's... I remember you got a uh, vulgar display of power. Yeah, that was it. It was your first CD that you got, but I don't know. I didn't really know you that well before then, so you could have been listening to I anything. I think for a while we played at one of them handheld CD player things. Oh, with the fart we? speaker. Yeah. And one of I the speakers, think... the wires was fucked in it. That's right. I think it was summer 2003. We were putting all our spare change in a giant Budweiser bottle. Mm. And once we got, was it 80 pounds or something? Something like that. Yeah. Mum took us to Ashford, some that shithole town. <laughs> it was the closest town nearby, apart from Tenston, which is actually much better than Ashford. Why don't we go to Tenston? Because there's no stereo on... shop. Ah, well, not back in 03, for God's sake, Tatlin. Get your shit together. Um, yeah, back on topic then. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep ripping off topic. We bought a proper like CD player, which I got rid of some years ago. I kind of regret doing that now. But much better, louder sound quality, of course. So that would just fill... Whenever Reg came around, which was most days, that would fill the room. Um, and I should add as well, it's not really relevant to the topic again, sorry, but we found a little funny picture of a Chinese fellow and a blue taxi onto the CD player because he looked like a slug or something. <laughs> yes, it was the, the slug. Yeah. Incidentally, um, I think I might have told you, there's a British Heart Foundation furniture shop in the centre of oh, town. You, did, you even sent me a photo. Yeah, yeah, it was the exact same model. It might have been the same. Like, I was looking oh. for like any tape marks that might have indicated. So wait, was this in Nottingham or was it? It was in Nottingham. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Probably not the same one then. But Oh, did you get rid of it oh, before? No, no, I had it in Nottingham, so it could be that one. You never know. Yeah, of course I did. And then you stopped listening to music. No, that's not true. That's not even remotely true. I don't know why I said that. I'm, I'm so sorry, everyone. Oh, I got a computer in 06. That, that, I guess that replaced the actual mm. CD player. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. From music and listening to them on a CD player, we've also gone to a few gigs as well. What was the first gig that, not with me, but the first gig that you remember going to, like... What, in Nottingham or but anywhere, Nottingham? Anywhere. Not, must not... have been... Well, it was before the one at home with school. It must have been one of the ones in Homelands. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah those, <laughs> were, those were just... <clears throat> An excuse great. to get pissed in a car park. <laughs> that was brilliant. Like, the first actual bands then, rather than, sorry, local bands. <laughs> like, established, you had, you had to pay more than £4 for a ticket. Oh. <laughs> band. It must have been 06 when I first became 18 in Rock City. October 06, I can't recall. I've been head pee, actually. Head urination. I'm not really a fan of them at all, but yeah, I guess technically that would be the first one. Head P. Possibly. I could be misremembering, it's very possible. No, I think I remember, didn't you say you went with your brother? Did you? Oh, have... yeah, quite possibly. Yeah, because he likes Head P. You know, like probably it then, I was probably right, rap, but once. Crap metal, I mean rap metal. The, my first gig, the, other than the Homelands and all that questionable dreck that we used to just go to and get pissed at. Oh, God. That, that's a real head scratch. I think it, it was either. Uh, Dragon Force in no, yeah, it was Dragon Force in uh, autumn two thousand and six. That was the first actual gig I went to, like where they had released albums and more than ten people have heard their music, definitely. And it was so fucking loud. Like I remember Peanut like shouting in my ear, "Do you want a drink from the bar?" But I I couldn't hear him, and he was shouting at an equal volume. It was just vibrating in my eardrums, and I just couldn't hear anything. I was. And I had tinnitus for about four days afterwards. Hell. I mean, I, I've got tinnitus always, but it was much, much worse for like four. I went back to college and I just couldn't hear anything. I think one of my favourite gigs, maybe one of your favourite gigs as well. I don't know if it is. Devin Townsend in 2014. Yeah. And uh, we came especially well prepared because uh, Reg with his t-shirt making skills, because that's what he does for a living. He makes t-shirts. It's true. Don't let him, don't let him fool you. That's what he does. Honestly. Yeah, totally. That's what I do. He made two uh, Devin Townsend themed T-shirts. His one was the uh, the classic alien scene where the alien's right by Ripley's face and the little tongue worm thing is coming out. But he, he photoshopped Debbie's face onto it. <laughs> <laughs> and my one, it was Jaws. But, <laughs> oh God, it was... The shark wasn't totally removed. And instead, it was Devin's kind of blubbery, disgusting face coming out of the water. It was so weird. I had to... 
Actually, I might put that as like the thumbnail yeah. for, for this episode, just just so everyone can see. Really, it was so daft. We got um, many looks in the queue outside Rock City. <laughs> also, the t-shirts they were printed on. What color were they? They were bright lime green, weren't they? So. Day glow green. Yeah. <laughs> like, people were like slowing down to look at us and stuff. But uh, what was really special was what happened once we got into the venue and the band started playing. Mid-chorus, Debbie looked at us and he, he said something like, I oh, know, I think there are two occasions. First mm-hmm. of all, he singled us out and says, hey, let me see those. I love the T-shirts, guys, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And the next song, he sort of, mid-chorus, he said, I love the T-shirt between lines or something and sort of pointed towards us. It was, it was like yeah. being acknowledged by a god. <laughs> it was just so good. Like I, I just felt so happy after that gig. Um it was a shame that we didn't hang around because apparently he was signing shit, wasn't he? And um, oh yeah, we yeah. were like we were a bit sweaty, we wanted to get out of there. But this guy, it was like, oh, I saw you guys at the gig, and then he, he was in front of us the entire time. Yeah. So, small world. Yes. Yeah, I had some of his lovely, delicious weed that was totally high quality and very nice. Yes, and it totally <laughs> yes. wasn't ninety percent tobacco at no. all. <laughs> but yeah, that's got to be my favourite gig. Um, a close contender was Machine Head last May, mainly because. I was really like on the fence about going because I wasn't really feeling it. A, a couple of my mates had dropped out. I was looking to sell my ticket. Someone was going to buy it and then they dropped out. And I was like, oh, I might as well go. And then I had one of the best best nights, metal nights of my life. It was just incredible. They played loads of songs I loved and the energy was brilliant. The only downer was somebody almost knocked one of my teeth out. Mm. Uh, but, you know, that's a gig for you, isn't it? It's metal. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that's that's definitely way up there. There is a uh, song called Ten Ton Hammer by Machine Head. And for ages, I thought he said for, with bloody fish shall batter. <laughs> because fish batter, you know, like, it was just like... Bloody, that, fish shall batter. <laughs> like a ten ton ham in sun. No. <laughs> but um, that's that's the peak of a long history of uh, mishearing heavy metal lyrics, which we are very, very adept at. Yeah, let's give you some examples on that. Let's try and start from least funny and building up to the most ridiculous one that we... Um, yeah. So, Napalm Death is probably the prime example of that. Um, I won't get to the best one yet. Another example of theirs was... Um, I can't remember what he actually says, but we thought he was saying, Guns are great. You is a... End word. For fuck's sake! He actually Why does. does he, say that? he actually does say the N word. Oh yeah. Though. Oh, he does. He says it says it's something about unchallenged hate. Not it's the, you. That's the the, yeah, the N word. It's not just Napalm Death. There are others, aren't there? As well. I guess you gave the fish example just now. Yeah. But there are other examples, but uh, if you can think of any. Yep, there's a uh, Opeth. It sounds like he said, "Deadly badgers made my wreath." And I, as soon as I heard that, that's all I could hear. I knew he said patterns, but badgers was all I heard. <laughs> every time it came on, I just burst out laughing. So, <laughs> so yeah, that, it's a lot of it is death metal because it's very garbled, isn't it? So. Yeah, it sounds like a bunch of pigs having a free for all in a washing machine. You can't really understand <laughs> it most of the time. Isn't that that's what um, aborted? aborted. <laughs> Oh, I shame we missed that. I was actually moving house on that very fucking day. And then I didn't go because Ross wasn't going and I was scared about all the hairy people. (laughs) I'm a hairy people. Yeah, but I know you. I don't know these other hairy people. Oh, well, next time, next time. Uh, Okay, and uh, our all-time favourite misheard lyric is, of course, Napalm Death. He says something about something something in the way for a pack of mindless dogs. Mm. I misheard it as... as (laughs) (laughs) I misheard it. Has paved the way for the back of my moustache. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, just the mental image of paving the put down some proper like paving stones for a bunch of hair and skin flakes. That is also <laughs> a little um. In addition to that is a. Uh, it's just a one word thing, but like at the start of one of the songs, he, he oh, screams yeah. downwards. But yeah. we thought he said, Douglas! That's the person's name. Douglas! What expanding upon that, why we found it even funnier oh, is that God. I used to work at Tesco many years ago, and there was this gentleman called Douglas who used to work there, and his name badge fell on the floor one day, and I just took it. <laughs> and of course it, you did. it ended up in one of my friends' rooms, and then we used to. 
it got to a point where we were sh- yelling Douglas at gigs that we went to, like local gigs. And oh, it really... that, that Homewood School one <laughs> would not stop shouting Douglas. Um, I think the band were really baffled. I think it was Big Wednesday. They just didn't know what was going on. Like They were just like, who is this cretin? He just keeps yelling some Scottish guy's name. and just Oh, God. And there's um, the Behemoth as well. There's that song where it sounds Oh, that's like... right. Again, I can't recall what the actual words are, but it sounds like he's saying, Do you want to eat a waffle? <laughs> yes, Nurgle. Yes, yes I, I do. do. <laughs> I would love to eat a waffle, Nurgle. Ugh. Ugh. Liverpool accents make me oh, feel sick. Know, disgusting. No offence to Liverpoolians, but you're disgusting. Yeah, just fuck off my old manager, yeah. who was from Liverpool, I'm oh, sure yeah. say. A super ultra cyber cunt. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> sure was. A little off topic there. Yeah, it was a little off topic there. <laughs> That's fine. I've done that plenty of times. No, but oh. just just to say that you you want to throw her in some kind of weird uh, hell maze and watch her perish on the various traps therein. If someone was to invent something like that, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sure, sure, yeah. You know, like uh, if someone hasn't invented that that game yet, then someone should. And speaking of games. I think, Ross, you're going to have to take the mantle on this one because you are the gaming nerd. No! Absolutely. Like, I, I actually saw, like, I, you're the only friend I have on the PlayStation Network. I've played 15 games since I got a PlayStation 3 slash 4. You've played something like 109 or 100. Well, since I got a PS3, because that was. Yeah. Well, that was. 11 over 11 years ago so yeah that's, probably quite a that, lot that, that's still that's more games than i own well should we start chronologically from the beginning yes absolutely yeah so our first consoles well, i think the first game machine i owned myself was the original yellow brick game boy i think i gave this to my cousins years ago it's no longer in my possession which makes oh, me sad shit. i shouldn't give things away no i really shouldn't anyway um i played of course the mario super mario land one and two the waro land games um, the Zelda game that I couldn't finish because it was too fucking obtuse and convoluted. <laughs> too difficult, Jeremy. Too difficult, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, my brother Glenn had a Mega Drive, which I might have hogged on a few occasions as a youngster. Uh, playing Streets of Rage 1 and 2, Sonic 1 and 2, Dynamite Heady, Echo the Dolphin. That was a fucked up game, Echo the Dolphin. Mm, yeah, that was the it's stuff hard of as fucking well. nightmares. Yeah, yeah. So, and I got a PlayStation when I was 10, so I got a good balance. I got Nintendo, I had some Sega and some Sony. Quite a good, well-rounded experience for a little mm. youngster, yeah. And I got my PS1 chips, thanks to my uncle, and got loads of um, free games illegally, which uh, was yes. I terrific. remember that was your Christmas present, wasn't it? Yeah, like so. 10 prior to PS1 games. Here you go. Delicious. Oh my God, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> so what was the, like the first, um, sort of not franchise, but like, was there a game that made you think, oh, fuck, this is amazing? Like, what was the first time you felt that? I think the first PS1 game I played was Crash Bandicoot. Mm. Possibly that, because before that, with the Game Boy and the Mega Drive, obviously, because they were quite old, mm. it was all 2D, which was just fine. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, well, they weren't totally 3D games. They were they're kind of unique, really. They're not 2D, they're not 3D, but you're, you're kind of heading away from the screen in most levels, aren't you? Mm. So... It's not 2D. It's 2.5D, I suppose. We'll, we'll mm. call it that, 2.5D. And it goes out saying, of course, the graphics were far better than what the Mega Drive could do because it was the next generation onwards, obviously. And again, as a 10-year-old, it was pretty mind-blowing stuff. And there was Tekken 2 I got on my birthday as well. That's still a classic. Yeah, it, it really is. And what did you play as a youngster then? The first ever thing that I played on any console ever must have been in the early 90s, and it was Sonic 2. My mum actually got me into gaming. Uh, she's a much bigger gamer to this day than I am. She's played every single Tomb Raider, Assassin's Creed, uh, Uncharted. She loves those sorts of games. And all the Resident Evils as well, by the way. So that's something to aspire to there. Even um, Resident Evil. Wicks! Especially Resident Evil. Wicks! Because my dad's a builder. <laughs> <laughs> she played it every time she had to drive in there. Uh, being like six or seven or however young I was at the time, I didn't understand the concept of the mortality of gaming characters. The, the, the concept of lives was nowhere to be seen. So when uh, I was running along and I jumped and then Sonic fell down a hole, I thought I'd killed Sonic. I thought that was it. I was like, because I'd seen my mum play it and I hadn't seen her die in it, uh, the character die, so I thought she was, like, you know, I thought that was it. Once she'd done that, it, it had broken the game and I thought I'd broken the game for my mum and it was just fucked. And so I started crying and then my mum was like, what's, what's the matter? And then, then it sort of restarted and Sonic was back and I, I was really happy and I was playing it for, like, ages after that. 
so yeah, that was my first foray into into gaming. I uh, think, but the first console I owned was again the black and white or green and black screened Game Boy uh, Tetris, and I had a game called Chuck Rock on it. I don't know if you remember that. Oh, I think I played that on the Game Gear because my brother had a Game Gear as well. Going back to that, but yeah, that's when you you play as a caveman who uh, chucks rocks at his foes. Am yeah, that's pretty, it's a side-scrolling. There we go, but on the nose, but yeah, yeah. chuck rock, and that's what you do, you chuck rocks. Yeah, no, I had Super Mario World 1, or whatever it was, Mario Brothers 1, which is still a classic, you know, just like, it was really sad when the, the battery ran out halfway through a level once, but that's fine, that's what happens, that's a Game Boy for you. God, and of course, back then the screens weren't backlit, you had to play mm. it by a lamp. Yeah, the, the... shit for granted these days, don't we? The, 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 the game, game Gear. Yeah, yeah. that had a... Like a suntan-inducing backlight, but that means the batteries would last about two yeah, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> it's four A batteries that lasted about three hours. Yeah, four hours maybe. It's just like the amount you spend on yeah. the batteries often outweighs the cost. I think it might have had a mains input thing. Yeah, I think it did actually. But then yeah. there goes your electricity bill. <laughs> don't worry, you don't have to pay for it. You're young. Anyway, the first console that I owned was uh, the NES. I believe the game Battletoads broke me. Oh, like just seriously, like, even not even that level that you you guys may be thinking of. If you know Battletoads, it was just in general. It was just especially for someone who's like ten years old. It's just really difficult. <laughs> it's too difficult, too Jeremy. Difficult, Jeremy. It's just and so I, I found the Mario games a little easier to play. Yeah. And then we quickly graduated to the SNES. I can't even remember how we got it now. I think, but then um, suddenly we had a SNES, and then obviously much better. What's it? It's not called Star Fox in this country it's called something else like you know i mean the, the skywing or whatever it is the, the almost the it was 3d graphics on a snes never ever seen that before mm. polygon based uh there's a few like you know sprite graphics in it obviously i've sung i sang a lot of hours into that and super mario brothers 3 i believe it was no no it was uh no we had the super mario all-stars which had one two three and the lost levels on it pretty shit and I was just like, they fit four games onto one cartridge? What is this witchcraft? It was just amazing. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I did share a room with my older brother. And if I wouldn't get off the console, he would he would just uh, yank the uh, cartridge out when I was playing. And it would cause it to just crash, obviously. <laughs> so that was short-lived. Then we got an N64, which we found out that we were getting one because of the weird setup. I've actually mentioned this in my vlog where we had like a really old black and white telly and it could tune into the, if someone was making a phone call on the wireless, the cordless phone, you could hear it. <laughs> We'd heard them ordering this N64 and we could we could see it because they left their bedroom door open. They've been play testing it as well. So with our mum, dad, but it was still no less of a surprise and a joy. And then uh, we moved. I moved away from Nintendo because I wasn't really a fan of the GameCube. I'm sorry. So I bought a PS2 specifically. Because of San Andreas. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on the old PS2. I think mm. um, my brother gave me his in 2001, possibly. I think that's when we started hanging around mm. each other. was around that Absolutely. time. I can't imagine how many hours we spent on GTA 3, Vice City and San Andreas. But Hundreds probably of hours. In, probably in the thousands, quite honestly. Those games were just an endless source of amusement and just wandering around doing what the fuck you want, listening to the funny radio stations... Um, doing the increased gore cheats <laughs> and the riot cheat as well. We're just trying to see yeah. how we survive. As oh, well. and the, the the tank spawning cheat you can combine with the um, the cheat that when you press the L three stick, your vehicle jumps like <laughs> rup, 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 and combine that with a tank. You can just you turn the turret behind you, you jump, and then you keep firing and make your tank fly across the city. Basically, is what you could do. It was. Epic, yeah. it was so good. I remember when I spawned about 50 tanks and it broke the game. Yeah. <laughs> it's the frame rate went down. So to I think it went to that, that raised bridge. We kept spawning them in the sky and they kept falling off the bridge. And there <laughs> were about 40 tanks just sat there in the water. And the, the frame rate, because for some reason the tanks, no matter where you go in the game, it just doesn't it doesn't draw those out of your draw mm. distance. So it renders them even though you're not seeing them. Mm. That's it just. It, the game went down to about two frames a second and then just gave up. And it was just like, you'd think they would have coded it in so they blow up after a while or something, but nah. I had a PS2 up until t 2016, and then I upgraded <laughs> to a uh, PS3, and then last Christmas I got a PS4, so that's where I'm at now. Um, you've got all the PlayStation. Yeah, I kind of went in the same direction. I went from PS2 to 3 to 4. You had an Xbox for a while. I had an Xbox 360. Yeah. I remember that very fondly for Halo 3 multiplayer. I spent many an hour on that. That was damn good fun. Uh, how do we, only for a few select Nintendo games like Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. Mario Kart? Did you do no, that? No, or I had Smash that. Brothers? That, didn't have that either. No, what else did I buy? 
Oh, okay. The main thing was Super Mario Galaxy 1 and 2. It's probably worth it for those two games alone. They're, they're really brilliant. Like, well yeah. done, like, Nintendo, for, like, being consistently good to great with their Mario franchise. You know, Sonic, I wish I could say the same, but Sonic's had a trouble. Have you seen the, the shots of the Sonic movie? Have you seen the way Sonic looks? I'm afraid I have. It's the stuff of nightmares. It's not. It's not good. It's. It's been. We've not seen of... a full shot of Sonic yet, mm. but we've seen his legs and his arms, which are oddly long. And it, it, again, it, it's the stuff of nightmares. He looks like it's... Mac from season thirteen of It's yeah. All Sunny. <laughs> so why have I done this? <laughs> but Jim carries in it as as Eggman, Robotnik, not Eggman, Robotnik. Why did, why did he start getting called Eggman? Was it like a a translation all issue? All his or... stuff is shaped like eggs, and they thought it'd be funny. I think it's probably it, it's a, foolish. It's it, very it's foolish. absolutely foolish. foolish. I don't agree in it. Yeah. So bringing us right back up to the present, I guess. Well, I've got Red Dead Redemption two. But I'm one of the few people that haven't even opened it out of its cellophane wrapping yet. It's almost intimidating because it's such an involved game and I will lose many hours of my life to it. But also, I've still got about 20 PlayStation 3 games that I have yet to play. (laughs) So my girlfriend has played the PS4 as an actual gaming console more than me because she's got Spyro. Fucking Spyro. That's chip in there. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, it's fine. Like, what, what do you? I have? got it for Jess actually, and uh, she's been playing it a hell of a lot. Yeah, she's she's really good at it because I've seen the uh, the trophies that she's getting. She's already passed them in one and nearly passed them in the second one. Fucking hell. Yeah, they were very very good games. They're a lot more chilled out than say Crash Bandicoot, for example. It's mm. a lot easy going and relaxed. You can do your things in your own time, largely. Yeah, and the more difficult bits in those games were optional, like getting all the extra doodads, nudes, flips if you want. Mm. Can be quite difficult, but just. Going through the main stuff, it's again quite a chilled out experience, really. Mm. I think. Well, I think it's good that they're remastering games like the Insane Trilogy, which I'm sure you've yeah. played. Oh, yeah. The Crash Team Racing, which I'm really looking forward yeah. to. And Resident Evil, um, not Wix, but two. <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Fuck, just like I can't wait. I'm yeah. definitely going to get that when it mm-hmm. comes out next month, I think it is. I think it's this. It's two weeks' time or something. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, it depends when this airs. It'll probably air two days after we're speaking into the microphone yeah. about it. But yeah, absolutely. Like, I can't wait because Resident Evil 2 is on par with Resident Evil 4 as my favourite Resident Evil game. They used what the new Res- the Resident Evil 7 engine for it. That's right. And yeah. Everything yeah. looks pretty and disgusting at the same time like in the best possible ways and they've switched loads of storylines up it's the same game but different and i'm just like i'm trying not to watch like previews about it because i want to go in fresh i don't want it that's what i do now of all games really yeah because you know when you're younger you don't get the internet Mm. well we didn't we're fucking old we're old we're actually on like monthly magazines to get all the info but now i can just safely just kind of ignore it and like be pleasantly surprised when the Mm. time comes and actually playing it which yeah, it's great. It's weird, isn't it? Like we've, we've. It's a bit of a flip flop these yeah. days with information. Like it's now all the information's at our fingertips. We so think, oh, I'll look at it later or not at all, whatever. Whereas, like, when W. H. Smith released the latest magazine, I mean, magazine, 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 magazine. So, ding, ding, ding! Pocket money, come I on, can mother. Still remember quite, quite clearly getting a magazine in '04 and yeah. seeing the first screenshot of San Andreas. It was CJ crouched by a car holding an Uzi. Like, Reg, look at this, it's San Andreas, this is what it looks like! <laughs> and it's like, it was like a tiny, like... It's a tiny little screenshot. Four centimetre by six centimetre screenshot of, like, just yeah. this thing. And it's just like, because Rockstar are infamous for sort of holding their cards mm. close to their chest. I mean, I didn't know fuck all about Red Dead Redemption 2. And then it... I knew, well, I knew it existed, obviously. I didn't know what they were doing to I think it. until this year, there wasn't even any real information about it. Until, mm. like, what, August this year or something? Last year. Was it? Okay. Fuck, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, God. Ross temporarily forgot we're in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, we're actually recording this uh, in the second week of January <laughs> as well. So you have two weeks to realise. God damn it. Don't worry, I've been writing 2018 and all the job slips mm. at work, so don't worry. <laughs> it's just terrible. It's as far as like gaming style, I think you're definitely you're more, a more involved gamer than I Like, because you don't necessarily strive for all the Platinums, but you definitely yeah. get them. I'm more of a casual gamer, but... I've coined the term smart casual gamer because I'm not the kind of casual gamer that that just doesn't care about what I'm playing. I, I, I look into the lot. I try to... I do a lot of exploring. In fact, Borderlands 2 took me almost twice the amount of time to complete than anyone else would have done just because I was exploring and backtracking so much. And also I got stuck on a boss and I backtracked and tried to grind for about five or six hours and that kind of works. I've got more into gaming recently, especially getting the latest console for the first time in decades i used to be able to just 
just come and go with it. I didn't really know what people were talking about. <laughs> so it's quite nice, really, to have the latest thingy and I'll buy the same game as you one day and then we'll be able to multiplayer it. Well, you would think you want to get Crash Team Racing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, why not? No, that's that's going to happen. Even, no, I don't think Resident Evil 2 will have a co-op mode. That doesn't oh, seem like that'd be kind of... great if it... No, it won't. It's not the kind of game. It's no. a, like a single-player isolated sort of game, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah, it had two discs where one person, you know, like you played Leon... And Claire. and Claire, yeah, and, yeah. and like, you, and the, and what was fascinating was because it remembered your save files. If you picked a gun or something up as Leon, mm. Claire wouldn't be able to pick it up because it had already been gone. I thought yeah. that was really clever, okay. like especially for PS One. Like Jesus, yeah. you know, there, there's a lot of uh, just roaming around, and it's just, it's just really fun. But I, I, I wouldn't want to go outside in uh, Resident Evil. But we used to go outside in Witchersham. Didn't we? We used to go the fuck outside. Yes, we went outside and did other things sometimes, apart from consume shock, media. Shock horror. <laughs> Le shock, le horror, le terror. Yeah, okay then. Because, uh, yes, back in Wittersham in the early 2000s, we would go camping. Well, initially we would really go camping, and then later on we'd go camping, but really go to Tenton and get pissed. <laughs> but yes, when we were actually camping, we would bring with us uh, a blank pad one day just to scribble on, I guess was our intention. Oh, uh, God, how it escalated from there. Uh, I think for a while it was just random phrases and words we'd write down. Mm. Um, after a while, though, we actually invented characters. <laughs> and the, the main, the most loved character in all the lands was a fellow called Floppy Jim. And uh, his shtick was to just come out with some uh, totally inane random comments and complaints. If I can describe his appearance... Well, he was a stick figure apart from his head. <laughs> How that works, I don't fucking know. How does his neck not break when he wakes up in the morning? Oh, I need to think of some comic examples, don't we? Yes, well, there's a few yeah. comic exa- examples I can think of, such as my lemonade has sand in it. That's right, yes, yes. And uh, the milk is batty. My car has glue. Um, the butler is conspiring against me. <laughs> my taters are all soggy. DMX took my bath. You get the idea. Yeah, you know. It's just like... Things he would just complain about things that the surreal things or things that you wouldn't even think of. It was usually in, usually involving celebrities for some reason, like Carrie Anne Fisher. Yeah, celebrities like crossing him in the wrong kind of way, like <laughs> stealing his property and Keanu Reeves making a bucket out of tomatoes, that kind of thing. But Ross, why aren't you wearing your, your standard, standard vest? vest. <laughs> oh, a lot of our comedy comes yeah. from that, I think, definitely. Yeah. Floppy Jim's name came from. My Uncle Jim. I yeah, your Uncle Jim. And I thought, hey, your Uncle Jim? Floppy Jim, for some reason, you know? And when I first drew him, it was kind of apparently quite similar to the way Reg's Uncle Jim actually looks. Yeah, like bit... the spiky hair yeah. and the sort of same chin as well. I, I actually told him that um, many years later, and he just went, oh, what, mate? Yeah, fuck <laughs> you up. He's, he's a right cockney and stuff. He sports me yeah, a lot. very good, Jim. Thank you. It's just like, I, I think he was pissed. He was just like, I don't understand what you're talking about, Samuel. Like, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't just just camp out we made we made camps in fact we are pioneers yeah. i'd like to say now we did talk about the project before where we gathered lots of bits and bobs and broke into people's gardens and nicked yeah, stuff up the place. but reg and retis's swan song was definitely the whole wasn't it i think yeah found a nice sort of open muddy patch in the woods we uh we dug a hole i mean i can't really put it any differently than that i suppose uh but that was quite enjoyable in itself the actual digging phase we got pretty deep mm. how deep would you say it was anyway um about three four foot um, yeah i we, mean if you stood in it it'd come up to our of course we were shorter back then <laughs> <laughs> our chest i suppose so that's pretty good progress mm. i think we started it in march 2005 um it had quite a short life unfortunately because the next month april it rained a lot and we didn't really think of rain and how it would affect <laughs> our uh, escapades and um, it flooded the hole which to this day is still flooded. No, it's not. Or is um, it not? Oh, like, no, you went there, didn't you, a couple yeah, of years uh, ago? And it's... It was flooded for over 10 years. Right? I can confirm. Uh, but in 2017, my girlfriend and I, I, well, I dragged my girlfriend to the village I grew up in. <laughs> I was like, look, these are all the camps we used to do. And they're just like barren, burned out, ho- like hovels. And like, um, but I took it to the hole. I was like, oh, it's full of water. It's not full of water. This is the first time I've seen it drained. But like, it's obviously filled in a little bit since then, so it's mm. not quite as deep. And there was like the camping chair that someone threw in there, and there's a couple of logs and whatnot in there. But yeah, that was that. That was the last project that we managed to 
do before you moved to Nottingham, I think. Mm. So it, we, we definitely made our mark upon Wittishams Woods. And it, I've been to Wittisham since. It's it's only gotten more it's boring. for the worse. It's just yeah. somehow, it's, it was not that great to begin with, apart from the woods. <laughs> Didn't they close down the garage? So there's the, only like one shop in the entire village now. Yep, yeah, they closed down the garage mm. and then they built some houses on it. But then underneath those houses, sort of like in a, an alcove bit, there's like a small shop thing, like like a key stores or a bargain booze, as you'll find. But uh, the pub isn't a pub anymore. It's a gourmet burger mm. kitchen, which is only open for a few hours during the day in the week and then like all day on Saturday or something. But it doesn't serve... It's, it probably serves beer, but not on tap or anything. It's just completely changed. And it's just like the very few things that made our village bearable have now just gone down the toilet what they could do next cut down the woods and build a fucking house oh god they fucking will you know that reminds me of another thing that we used to do in the woods we found some metal trays somewhere uh we did what was called sewer sliding remember that yes we just goes on top of uh, a slope sit on the metal tray slash sled it's a sled yeah sledge (laughs) and just slide down the hill (laughs) pretty much i think we invited uh will along on one occasion Mm. Um, he hurt his wrist and cried, so that was that. But we carried on doing it a few more occasions. Got the rest of the village involved. I think mm-hmm. Patch and Ziggy got involved, and uh, Mr. Chicken Curry himself <laughs> got involved on one occasion. Michael Mahanahan. Yeah. The thing is with Michael, he, like, my brother and his friend Patch, they were always competing with each other about who could do the most extreme slope. And, like, Patch went down one that was almost vertical and obviously hurt himself because why wouldn't you? It was not even, like, an incline. It was just a drop. I think after that, people just kind of got a bit like, oh, let's do something else. <laughs> so, Michael, I don't remember him going on any of them. I think he might have done, but he was such a pussy. He was always, like, the the sycophantic underling, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't he? recall him actually doing one. I can remember everyone else doing at least... Even Will, for fuck's sake. Yeah, even, even yeah. Will, like, Will... I mean, not a, a very decent sized one as well. Mm. I mean, he hurt himself, so props to him for, you know, doing something a bit risky. The thing that annoyed me the most was uh, I went on it and then my back pocket tore almost completely off as I carried on going in the corner of the sled. Of course. Like, I had this little torch in my pocket and it just disappeared into oh, the, the brush and I, it's probably buried under about three foot of mud now. <laughs> it's probably still there. Mag light, mate. Yeah, mate. And, of course, another thing that we used to do that was a, a great source of entertainment for me was making new friends. Not human friends, of course, because humans are dreadful. No offence. You're dreadful. But we'd befriend cats and give them hilarious names and personalities. <laughs> of course, uh, Wretched Cat Sooty was, you know, our favourite, obviously. He was the, the Don cat, we decided. Mm-hmm. A godfather cat. It was his territory. He would tolerate the rest of them, he, you know. Of course, if they set out of line to give him a good smack around the ear hole, of course, because he was the Don. Uh, I think next next door to my cunt neighbour, Tony, so number 35 was Salem, mm. who gradually put on a lot of weight over the years. I can recall him sitting in that little wheelbarrow ornament thing and the, the fat gradually <laughs> spinning over. Just overflowing. the poor thing yeah. was just too fat for his own good. I'm too fat. And there was that one, Felix, who was really entertaining. Mm. And he, uh, he just kind of disappeared, didn't he? He was a little kitten. Yeah. He was very scatty. And, and he just it was there for about six months, and then we didn't see he him vanished. again. vanished. Mm. That was a bit worrying. Maybe, maybe they rehomed it. It's yeah. too much. Um, we gave him all sorts of funny names, of course. There was Plusin. <laughs> there was Plopat. There was Fat Dayot and her daughter Slut Dayot. I think we named her this because we decided that um, she would meow at passers-by. For, um, and in exchange for goods and services, um, as in sex, cat sex, she would ask for cat food, like selling her body for cat food. What well, you've or put a very like you put a very dark twist on it. We did mention this last time, I believe, as well. It was no, no. She, she get belly rubs for tins of cat food, not well, sex. Yeah. Like that's not oh, yeah. sex. <laughs> well, there it is, isn't it? Belly rubs are the same thing. Man, I'm never petting a cat on the belly again. That's, that's dark. Oh dear. What else did we do, Ross? I think uh, that's pretty much it. We talk isn't it? Sh- a lot of shit. We talk a lot of shit. Like, just you, you give us enough alcohol and we'll talk enough shit to fill a. a... Imagine what we're doing now, but for an extra four years. Yeah, <laughs> just like almost constantly when we were awake. <laughs> if we weren't listening to music, we were talking shit. If we weren't doing either of those things, we were getting drunk and vomiting. Which sometimes you talk shit during. Oh, yeah. Right, I think it's about time to wrap it up. All you guys at home or wherever you are, on the bus, in the street, yelling at some bins, who knows what you're doing. Um, this is now the end of this episode. You'll be glad to hear, or not. Perhaps you actually do love our voices and you want to hear more. And if you do, please tell us 
any suggestions would be lovely. If anyone listens to this, <laughs> other than myself and like two of my friends, um, and your cat. Yeah, we want feedback, mm. um, but of course we want only good feedback because it makes us look good. So yeah, the, if you can uh, give us good feedback, that'd be just tops. Thank you. Yeah, any negative feedback will be we'll systematically straight to the bin and yeah. shat on and destroyed. Yeah, it'll course, be naturally. it'll be systematically deleted and treated as fake news. So. Yeah. Um, do not waste your time and and thank you very much and I I think we'd like to end on something some words of wisdom words of wisdom very good Um, so do you have any words of wisdom for us today well off the top of my head and certainly not prepared at all I would suggest um, in any times of uh, stress or bloat remember to exercise and stretch your wing nuts that's very wise I'm going to I'm going to do that next time I do feel stressful or bloated Um, thank you very much Everybody, or a handful of people that have listened to us this this fair day, um, we will be back. We will be back. We will be back. And that's a promise. Until next time. Thank you. Tuning next week on Prop Chat for some nail biting tension. Okay, look, I just don't get how is this sandwich going to prevent the apocalypse? I mean, how's it going to work? I find your lack of faith in bread disturbing. I mean, think of Croatia, for God's sake. Time is of the essence. Okay, okay, you're right. It goes nothing. (laughs) 